Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and I will be solo here tonight. Unfortunately, Kenny's feeling a bit under the weather, so he's not able to make it. Uh, we were going to have both uh, Kenny, a.k.a. Skinny, and Rick Aether in the studio here tonight, but unfortunately that did not work out with Kenny being under the weather, so we'll reschedule those guys for another time. So I'll do my best to bring you guys an entertaining show. I know a lot of people enjoy the banter back and forth with, with Kenny and I, and some uh, enjoy his perspective on things, but like I said, I'll do my best to bring you guys some good content here today. Plenty to cover with the action at the New Smyrna Speedway, another very, very successful and fun Family fun night over there, which definitely had plenty of action and drama. Plus, we have the cup race over at Richmond. And, well, hey, the race kind of, well, it happened. But we did get a new winner. So we are at 13 winners for the 2023 season. So not too bad. It's been it's been an interesting season. I still can't figure out who is the man to beat on the cup series. But, uh, hey, we're going to cover all of that. Plus, on the third segment... We will have updated power rankings. We will head on over to Thunder Road because they've been able to get some racing in the last couple of weeks, so we'll catch up on that a little bit. As uh, we don't really have it around the state with Showtime, unfortunately, raining out. Auburndale's on break. Citrus County's been on break. So New Smyrna was the only show in town here this weekend. Uh, Cordell Speedway was up and running, and our sponsor, Jeff White Racing, went up there with the Pro Late and the Pro Truck. So we'll give them a shout-out. Congratulations for winning the Pro Truck race. So that's pretty good. Uh, Jeffrey White, the winner over there. So I always like to see our sponsors branching out and having some success elsewhere. So at least Cordell got to run this week. And not sure exactly what else uh, went down over there, but I did hear Jeffrey White picked up the win. So figured we give him a little shout out. Also in the third segment, we'll have our updated fantasy standings for the Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league. That'll take home the trophy brought to you by 124 Welding and Fab at the end of the year. And I'll give you my fantasy picks and all the good stuff. So with that said, um, before we get into it, I hope Kenny feels better and he can join us next week for a recap of the Mod Mini 50 that's coming up here this weekend. But let's head on over and see what went down at the New Smyrna Speedway. A, uh, another family fun night, another successful family fun night. And a good car count and really good truck count. I mean, 18... Ashley Holmes Jack's trucks in the pits. When I first walked through, I was like, wow, there's a good amount of trucks here. Probably got 13, 14 of them. Rusty even asked me, he's like, how many we got? I'm like, looks like 13, 14. And he pulled up race monitor and goes, there's 18. And I was like, holy cow, it blew me away. I think last year we had like 50 for, or I'm sorry, 18 for the 50 lapper. So to get 18 for a 25 lapper, it just shows how much Ashley Holmes Jacks has helped revitalize this truck division that was getting four or five trucks a week. They came on board graciously. They put up some extra money. They have made this, uh, you know, if you can have a good night, it's it's made it worth the trip. We're getting a lot of people from down south, a lot of people from the west coast making trips, not every week, but when they're able to. And it's just great. We have, you know, about 10 to 12 locals, and then we get joined by four to eight to 10 others, and we end up with a great field. I was really impressed. I mean, there was nothing, you know, walking through the pits when I got there, there was nothing about the night that was even remotely disappointing. So all we had to do was was get into it. And of course, practice is going on and you see the sky start to darken and it looks like the storm is going to parallel the racetrack. But 
you know how the storms go here in Florida. They grow and they shift and they move and they expand. And that's kind of what happened. The The storm ended up clipping us. Uh, the backside of the cell did grow and we got some rain. And of course it rained right up until about, I don't know, 5, 5.15. Luckily at that time, you still have the heat of the day and we're able to get the track dry rather quick. I think we started maybe 15 minutes late and then we're able to get that first Bomber A feature up and running. So let's go ahead and take a look at that first. And that'll be part of the uh, the recap from June 10th. Um, looking back at the website here, l- luckily uh, it was a smaller field. It was one of our, our smallest turnouts for the Bomber A's that day. And only those cars were locked in anyway. So only 10 cars took the green. Michael Austin was not able to make it today. So tough break for Michael. He lost out on two features. Uh, but the other 10 cars took to the track. This race was clean. It was all about the breakout. I, Higdon broke out a bunch of times. Creech broke out. I think Masters and Foy broke out. Um, at the end of the day, though, it was Brandon Gaither who picked up another win. I think it was his third consecutive win between the Bomber A and the Bomber B. So it's just been a an incredible stretch for Brandon Gaither. And he actually, with this night, has taken over Rookie of the Year honors even though he started the season late, he is the leading rookie in the Bomber A's right now. So pretty incredible what he's been able to do in just a handful of races. Um, I messaged him about a week ago, and I just said, hey, for what it's worth coming from me, I just I, I think you're a real hot shoe. Um, if you're enjoying this racing thing, I think he's got a, a real good future in it. I think he's got the talent. He's got the determination. He works on cars, which definitely helps. So another impressive run for Brandon Gaither. He Wins the Bomber A, Bomber A makeup race to kick off the show ahead of Todd Latour, Brandon Monroe, Charles Frittle, Eddie Evans, the top five there in race number one. And then we'll start over here and kind of go down the list here. And we'll start with the LKQ Super Stocks. Uh, George Spears won the heat as he was looking for his fourth consecutive feature event win in the Super Stocks that have kind of hit... A little bit of a valley, uh, just like the E-Mods did earlier this year as far as the cars go. We had eight on the property this weekend, up from six a week ago. So, you know, you get some back, then you lose some. And, of course, the Superstocks got a bit rowdy on this night. Started in the heat race. Brandon Johnson went for a slide. Steven Metz kind of nailed him in the rear and sent him into the infield wall. Steven Metz busted the radiator, so another tough night for Steven. Ever since he got like that fourth place finish, he's, it's been doom and gloom for the 37 car. Uh, as far as the feature race goes, Blake Clouser was able to start fourth, but he was able to get through the field rather quickly. There's a big spin on lap one involving Brandon Johnson and poor Justin Spears, whose car keeps getting blown apart. Kind of reminds me of the, the Bromley car last year that kept getting pieces and chunks taken out of it every week. That's been Justin Spears this year. Not all his own doing, but that new car of his has just been a handful, and he got... Sent around Brandon Johnson a little bit too hard in turn one. Sent him around. We tried it again. Got going. And it would be Blake Clouser making his way up through the field. He had a big, big lead. And it looked like nobody was going to touch him. And then with about six laps to go or so, uh, another driver who's had nothing but issues this year, Gage Spears, lost a motor, put oil down around the racetrack. And that brought out the caution. That brings George Spears up to Blake Clouser. And you think, oh, man. George has been so good lately. Um, he's probably going to get him here, but we were all wrong. Blake Clouser was able to hold off George Spears, pick up his second feature win of the year, and George would have to settle for second. Tyler Pernesti with his best run of the year in third, Brandon Johnson fourth, and Bobby Holly rounding out the top five. However, it was an eventful day for Bobby Holly and Justin Spears. 
As that rivalry was rekindled in the heat race, they went after it a little bit, a little extracurricular, and both drivers were warned to relax for the feature. They did not. The moment they got together, it's like the magnets on their cars were turned on, and they were immediately glued together. They couldn't get away from each other. They played bumper tag down the front straightaway. It looked like Bobby Holly went up into the corner thinking he had Justin to his outside and was going to run him out of the groove. Justin wasn't there. Bobby spins out. I mean, just, it, it was the chaos that keeps people intrigued with the super stocks, even when their car counts aren't where you'd like them to be. This rivalry that, even though it really hasn't been the biggest storyline this year, it just won't go away, and it continues to produce some action on the racetrack and on Facebook, too. I saw it. I didn't read all of it, but I saw there was some some chatter. There's more chatter on Facebook and in other classes, too. But, man, it's just crazy. You get Justin Spears and Bobby Holly near each other, and you expect chaos. It's just par for the course at this point. So, again, Blake Clouser does pick up the win, his second of the year and still leads the points by a healthy margin over George Spears, who wishes he did not miss that heat race. Scrolling down to the Ashley Holmes Jacks trucks, as we spoke at the top of the show, an outstanding field of trucks, 18 strong. Don Duvall was looking to make his first start of the season uh, rear-end problems and practice sideline that truck. So 17 cars or trucks, I mean, um, got through the heat races. Heat races were very clean. First one, Chuck Ayers won. Richard LeVance won the second one. He had to start at the back of the field, though. The most recent winner's curse sent him all the way back in 17th position. Race got started, and the big story in the first couple laps were some drivers having issues. Palmer Haig shut down on lap two. Jack Hall on lap one shut down. He had transmission issues. After the heat race, he ran so well. I mean, one of his best runs at any track this year in the heat. I think he finished fourth. Let me double-check that here, make sure I'm giving you accurate information. Uh, Jack Hall was, I'm sorry, he was actually sixth, but still ran competitively for much of the heat race and looked like he was going to have a decent night if he could stay out of trouble. Uh, transmission problems took him out of the race. Palmer Haig was coming to pit road on lap two. And then we had the big one on the back straightaway. Dalton Smith got a little, a little high coming out of turn number two and walloped the wall on the back straightaway. Unfortunately came down the track, trying to gather the truck back up and took out Cody McDuffie, who was as always uh he's a surprise when he shows up but you know when cody mcduffie shows up he's gonna be a contender uh he was sideswiped by dalton smith coming off the corner his truck was demolished whole uh, right side taken off the 25 cody kaufman got caught up in the incident his truck at the inside wall that took him out for the day so two drivers two cody's who made the long trip over did not have a good night uh mike camache also got caught up in it he was a secondary truck involved in the incident he must have uh he must have woke up and either got spun around or he just lost it trying to get woke up i didn't see what started his incident but he slid into the back straightaway wall actually knocked over the barrels which caused a bit of a delay so that was our that was our big delay of the night was getting the wreck cleaned up getting water barrels put back in so we were off to a hot start and uh then we kind of got it delayed a little bit but when the race went back green it was taylor watson who started on the pole, hit the invert where she needed to hit the invert, and led much of the race, but it got so good the last four laps or so. Becca Monopoly worked her way up from sixth place, sixth place on the starting grid and was chasing down Taylor Watson, and Taylor got to some lap traffic. The 12 of Noah Blake, who, uh, you know, I said in the video, uh, you know, during the race, he was in the way. I don't mean that to be 
uh, a, a dick or anything. It's just he was in the way of the leaders, and and I feel bad for him because he's probably, um, you know, like, oh my goodness, what do I do? What do I do? Randy, he caught. Uh, I'm sorry, Taylor Watson caught Noah Blake and Randy Coon here with about three, four laps to go, and just like the last truck race, the ending was so phenomenal. Uh, this one backed it up. Taylor Watson trying to get through the lap traffic. And here comes Becca Monopoly. Becca, former champion, longtime truck racers, won it, everything she's done. She chases down Taylor Watson through the lap traffic. Looks like Becca's going to steal it. She overdrives the corner, coming to the white flag. She gets right back to the back bumper of Taylor Watson. And um, Taylor Watson was able to hold off Becca Monopoly to pick up her first one of the season, second of her career. If you remember back to last year, Jeffrey White was the dominant force in the trucks. And I think the only race he lost was to Taylor Watson. And so Taylor Watson beat Jeffrey White last year, the cream of the crop. Then this year, she holds off Becca Monopoly, one of the best female drivers in the state, one of the best drivers in the state, period. And she gets the win. Becca was second. It was edge of your seat, fantastic racing. Um, after Jack Hall broke his truck, I saw him come to the grandstands and I kind of called him out and said, hey, I got two mics, come up, come, come on up in the tower. And Jack joined me for a little bit of the race. I thought there'd be some more breaks. Literally, the race was starting. I'm fumbling to get the second microphone plugged in, get everything turned on, try to get that crappier mic to so where you could hear Jack. And I, I you know, it was kind of crazy. You'll hear it if you watch the truck video back, you'll hear some clanking and some clicking as I'm trying to get the microphone going for Jack. And I thought we'd have more yellows in the race. And I thought I could, you know, thought I'd have more opportunity to get some color from him. Uh, but we did get to talk to him and he told us about the, the transmission and everything. But in his YouTube video, Jack Racing on YouTube, he recapped the weekend and he's got the last two laps on his phone and you could just hear me. I'm going wild. It was it was an awesome race. The trucks have so delivered this year. I mean, they are in action again this weekend and with the craziness we had this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's only about 10 trucks or so, but even that's going to be good. These guys and gals with Watson, Monopoly, Levance, Griffiths, LeBeau, Chuck Ayers. I mean, that's the core group right now. And they have just made for some really good racing. So I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here this weekend. But Taylor Watson gets the win over Beckham Monopoly. Richard Levance comes from 17th on the starting grid to finish third, proving his win a few weeks ago was no fluke. Brian Sukup. Um, I'm sorry, Richard Griffiths fourth and Brian Sukup with one of his best runs in fifth. Dylan LeBeau had a good run in sixth. Chuck Ayers was seventh. Eighth was Nolan Mesa. Then Noah Blake in ninth. Randy Kuhn rounding out the top 10 there in a 17-truck field that took the green. Hopefully Don Duvall will get the rear end fixed and be back with us this weekend to make his truck debut. We've missed having Don out on the speedway, one of the uh, former Superstock contenders from the last couple of years. We talked about the first Bomber A feature that kicked off the night, won by Brandon Gaither. He was going for what would have been his fourth win in a row. This race got a little bit crazier. The breakouts, man, I'm telling you, I thought as the summer went on and the track heated up that the breakout thing might not be as uh, prominent. But, man, it was seemed like every other lap we were having a car break out. So um, I think the rule needs to stay. I think... Um, I think some tweaking needs to be done to slow the cars down just a little bit because I, I want to see the good drivers succeed, and they do. They're always up near the front. So this is not limiting the good drivers. It's just killing their finishes. Um, 
I think the drivers have done a great job to try to work within the parameters of the rule. I think um, it's a tough break when they break out, but it's it's hard to tell. I mean, you're in there competing, and the breakout rule kind of keeps everybody together, so naturally you're trying to outlast your competitors. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's a way we could do it to where, you know, the first time you break out, you get a pass. If you break out again, then you make the pass-through penalty because we do see drivers break out multiple times. I feel like, you know, if you run a 23, you know, 988, you should get like a, a warning like, hey, you broke out, you know, you're you're under 23 seconds. If you do it again, you have to make a pass-through because it just killed so many people's races. And the feedback... Um, I got after the race, I had a fan come up to me and said, why were all those people having to pit? We, we couldn't really hear, we could hear you were saying something, but it's hard to make it out when the cars are all going and I don't hear. So it's kind of confusing to the fans that aren't there every week. Um, I don't know. I think the rule has legs and I think it needs to stay. Um, I, I don't know if it needs to be like, you know, you break out once it's a warning, you break out twice you do a pass through, you break out the third time, you're done. Maybe that's a more fair situation. Or I don't know if you break out and you need to give up a position um, or if you need to back to the, you know, even back to the end of the group of cars you're racing. I don't know. Um, I, I think um, just a little massaging just to make it a little bit better for these guys that are working their asses off that keep getting busted by this thing. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying, oh, you know, we need to protect those guys. No, it's just, you know, I see the frustration with CJ and Dustin. They're racing their tails off, and they're so good at what they do that they end up getting penalized for it. Um, they're always at the front, so they're definitely doing well in the class regardless, but the rule is just, it's biting them because they've made their cars so good. Um, but anyways, to this feature, when the checkered flew, it would be Eddie Evans picking up his first win of the season ahead of Brandon Monroe, who had two podium finishes and now takes over the point lead in the Bomber A division. Todd Latour had a pretty good day. He finished third. Lindsey Samian, rookie driver with a career-best finish. He finished in fourth position. Barry Acker, another one of our rookies, finished in fifth ahead of C.J. Creech, who rebounded from a dismal night to finish sixth in feature two. Charles Friddle was seventh. Joe Racine eighth. Ninth for Larry Masters and Dustin Higdon rounding out the top 10 in race number two. So going to be interesting to see what develops this weekend with the Bomberays as they are back on the schedule. By the way, your heat winners were Eddie Evans and Dustin Higdon. Moving on down now, Bomber Bees, solid field of 12. A um, couple more that I thought were going to come that didn't make it. Thought maybe we'd have 14, 15, but we had 12, and it was a great race. Um, Dustin Higdon was behind the wheel of the 15 to let Brandon Gaither kind of concentrate on the bomber a with the two races this weekend. Um, go doing three feature races in one night. It's kind of, kind of a lot. So Dustin was able to hop into the 15. He had a real good car, ran a wheel real well, uh, but had chase Simons literally on his back bumper for 90% of the contest. Chase Simons bumped him a few times, never dumped him. Uh, Dustin Higdon's car got pretty loose there on the long run. And, uh, Chase, I, I thought maybe he'd use the bump and run on the last couple of laps and knock Dustin way up the track and get by, but wasn't able to do that. Dustin, again, showed his skill behind the wheel. He's able to wrestle an ill-handling race car around the high banks and hold off the young scrappy Chase Simons, the mallet, as we call him, to coincide with his father, Jerry Simons, who we call the Hammer. Uh, I think it's just the perfect nickname for 
Chase Simons, the up-and-coming Simons driver, who, believe me, probably being a modified here before you know it. Um, but a good run for Chase. It's been kind of a feast or famine season for Chase. He's got a win, now a second place, uh, but a couple of uh, tough nights where the car didn't finish that's taken him a little bit further back in the points than he wants to be. Point leader Frank Button with a solid night. Uh, called me this afternoon, said he lost power steering, and that is why he was not quite able to keep up with Simons and Higdon, but still another solid points day. Frank Button's doing everything he needs to do right now to win a track championship, and I know he wants that win on the racetrack. That's what he's been dying for, but right now, getting those points and, and keeping that championship lead uh, very comfortable, big picture racing for Frank, and he's doing well with it. William Hyman was back. He started 12th. He won the last race he was at, so he was able to come all the way up for fourth. Eric Kowitz, he's had a great start to the season. He's he's only run three races this year, but each time out, he's been a contender. This night, he was a little bit off. I'm not sure. Uh, he got there kind of late. Not sure if it was a lack of practice or what. His car didn't seem like it had the, the snuff that it has the last couple of weeks, but still able to get another top five. Eric has been impressive in his couple of races here with the Bees. Uh, Aaron Foy, 6th, Chuck Burr, 7th, Lucas Johnson, our driver of the week, was 8th, Skinny, my normal co-host, he was ninth. His again, his car just didn't seem to have it this week, um, you know, he's explained why on his Facebook, was hoping he'd be in studio so that he could, um, give us some in-depth analysis, but we'll catch up, we'll get Skinny on the next show when he's feeling better, hopefully, and, uh, he'll be able to fill us in on a, a tough night for him, but still a top 10, still goes in the stat book, and then Joe Warren was able to round out our top 10 there. Florida Southern Ground Pounders were also in action. Short field, uh, only five cars, uh, and one did not start. So kind of a rough night for the Ground Pounders, and it was all Art Koonsman in the feature. But Art did not make the start of the heat race, actually went a lap down and unlapped himself on the racetrack. It was actually kind of fun to watch Art just scream around the racetrack. It was it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for the Ground Pounders. They're such a great group of guys. And, you know, a lot of old school racers with these old school vintage machines that they bring out for our enjoyment. And uh, it's tough to keep them running. They'll regroup. I have a lot of faith in, in Toby and the guys to to continue to build it. And, uh, hey, at least they got to race and, and they put on a show. Regardless, Art Koonsman, three wide through the middle, take the lead about halfway through the race and was able to get the victory. And uh, I guess Art was confused why he didn't get the most points the other night because, well... He didn't win the Heat. The Heat pays a lot of points. Heat pays 25, Feature pays 50. So got to make it all count. It all counts, folks. So that uh, was a quick recap of the racing action. Spectator races were awesome. 18 entries. Casey Hawthorne, got to give him a shout-out. Broke down on his way. Would have been the 19th car. Sucks that he broke down. There were some new cars. Uh, Matt Browning in the Evo was super impressive. Uh, the gentleman in that Corvette was super impressive. Then you had Big Gravy. You had the regulars like Justin Otterholt, who was in a different truck, threw me off. Um, you know, Tyler Vickery. I'm just glad Tyler got home. He about blew his car up doing spectator races. So, um, like I said, it was an awesome turnout. I'm impressed. I really am impressed. I think 17 or 16 actually took the green after the match races, and nobody crashed. Nobody hit anybody. I, I know much to the fans' dismay, but, I mean, that that's just impressive, man. These, these guys, these spectator racers, I don't know what happened, but, you know, spectator racing used to be this, like, intermission thing. Four or five guys would come out. It was kind of like, well, all right, that happened. But lately, 
the the people have just attached themselves to this event and they the spectator racers are kind of making themselves the main event of family fun night um of course the trucks were phenomenal and that was kind of the main event on the racing card but to see and you know when you're the main event because after your race the grandstands start to empty and after spectator racing the grandstands started to empty so i hate that for the other divisions but the spectators man holy cow you guys have you guys have made yourself something here at New Smyrna. It's a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, we got people uh, driving from out of state, you know, Big Gravy from Georgia, Tyler Murphy, who I was just talking to earlier. Uh, I forget where he comes from now, but he's out of state now. And he comes down here, and he just loves to be here. He pulls in, takes a picture next to the sign, and says, thank you for existing, New Smyrna Speedway. The fact that, you know, New Smyrna is able to give these folks little something something extra in their life uh, that, at the end of the day folks that's just what it's all about i mean you know we we've we have our issues we you know we aren't always the best at everything but in the end at the end of the day we're able to give people a place to come race a place to come have fun and i i hope that deep down inside we all remember that at the end of the day that's our goal in short track racing is to try to have fun we're spending a lot of money we're spending a lot of our time. It's hotter than balls outside. So believe me, I I get it. It gets frustrating uh, when things go awry and they don't go the way that you think they should or they don't go your way. Um, just try to remember. Try to have fun with it and uh, keep on going. Uh, the other big thing that happened before we take our first commercial break during Family Fun Night contact on pit road right before the ground pounder heat race was about to go out tyler simpson brought his mod mini out and was running some practice laps he's been they've had nothing but issues all season long i think a working correctly 115 car i don't know if he can beat the 112 right now but i think he can give him a run for his money they came out to run some test laps and they were on pit road they were uh, gonna go run not race with the ground pounders but get some track time they're staged. Uh, trucks are making their way off the track from their second heat race. And I did not see this. Uh, I was turned around talking to the race director. We were going over some things uh, about the ground pounder lineup. And all of a sudden, I kind of hear some commotion. Don't think much of it. And then, you know, I see Bruce Gaten's truck. I see Tyler Simpson get out of his car. I see him go confront Bruce Gaten in the truck. And then we get the report that Bruce Gaten kind of ran into the back of the 115. And then I've seen the in-car video is pretty significant contact. And I don't know, you know, I, I, first time out for Bruce Gaten in the truck. So I don't know if he didn't understand the width of the truck. I don't know if he was checking his gauges. Maybe he was having an issue that he's trying to diagnose. Maybe he was paying attention to uh, the left side of the pit area where he was focused on turning in and just ran into Tyler Simpson. And Tyler Simpson's like, I don't know how you missed this bright neon car. And then when, you know, they went at it at Facebook and, you know, Team Gaten is chirping away at Team Simpson. And I didn't read it all because it's just like, damn, you know. Uh, so that was kind of crazy. It's just added to the the bingo card of unexpected things. And it seems like every time I take my eye off the track, which is why you don't take your eye off the track. But it's like anytime I turn around to talk to race control about something, something happens. Like the Matt Green, Phil Jakes incident a few weeks ago. This week we have Gaten running over Simpson on pit road. Just craziness, man. It's that's short track racing. That's those are the moments 
that happen and things can always happen. And again, if you're down there in the pits, um, if cars are on the track, don't take your eyes off them because A, you might miss something crazy and B, you could be the one getting hit next time. So anyways, hopefully Tyler Simpson's car is okay. I, I Knowing Bruce Gaten, I spoke to him on the phone the other day, not about the, the situation, but about, uh, you know, some point stuff and whatnot. Um, Bruce is, he's a really honest guy and he'll tell you like it is. He'll fight for what he believes he's uh, entitled to. But I, I honestly, I, I think that if there really is an issue here that Bruce would speak to Tyler and try to make it right. But that I don't, you know, I don't know if they've spoken. Um, I, I know that from what I saw earlier, Bruce didn't engage in that Facebook page, uh, post, which was probably for the best. But hopefully that's able to get situated. And hopefully we'll see Tyler Simpson out on the racetrack for this weekend. As we do have leg five of the Mod Mini Challenge Series, 50 lappers for the Mod Minis. Um, they've had their two races uh, during Red Eye and World Series accounted for track points, and then two races during the regular season that have been... Uh, the, the two during the regular season have been kind of lackluster, but actually right before I started recording today, I got a message from uh, Timmy Volpius, and he said might be a good one this weekend. Uh, hearing a couple of heavy hitters are coming out, and... Um, I, I I won't spoil them since this isn't a, a private message and maybe these guys don't want their plans out there, but um, I'm hearing potentially two really big ones coming out. And then I've seen on Facebook the Goolsbees are looking to make it out there this weekend. And Timmy says, you know, we, we might have at least 12 cars, which would be good for the Mod Minis and uh, make this a, a pretty good race. I mean, they're all going to be chasing Sean Bass, but hey, if these these cars that come out, if they hit it right, hit the invert, maybe they're able to keep Sean behind them. It this is probably going to be the most interesting mod mini race uh, since Speed Weeks. Let's put it that way. Um, and then uh, Timmy, let me know they have some other plans coming up for Governor's Cup, which I'm not gonna say on here because I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. But um, just you know, I think the last couple of mod mini races will be worth watching. Is what I'm trying to get at here. So again, that's coming up this weekend. If any of those drivers do register, we'll put it on the Facebook page and let you know. Um, but again, if they're trying to keep things secret, I don't want to, I don't want to bust their cover, considering it was a, a private message and not like, hey, this is for publication. But for my own knowledge, I know that we've got some interesting cars coming out, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ashley Holmes Jack's trucks are back in action. Whatever's left of them from last Saturday night, Super Stocks are back. So we'll see if there's any more Spears Holly drama to talk about on the next show bomber a's and 602 modified so making up for a good card plus the super stocks are gonna have their makeup race from june 10th so a super stock feature to start the show plus a heat race plus a feature at the end of the show oh boy that's like three chances for drama Ooh, if you like drama and you like super stocks y'all know where to be so um that's what's coming up at new smyrna that's what went down this past weekend uh really a lot of fun i mean Family fun nights are so much fun. I love going up on the stand, the flag stand, and doing the spectator races, even though I embarrass myself with my lack of car knowledge and my lack of being able to tell what the hell's what and trying to read the the lineup sheet off my phone where I have to zoom in and out and move all around. It's it's kind of crazy up there, but I'll tell you what, um, you know, the beginner Ryan wouldn't have been able to handle it. I would have panicked, uh, but now I'm just like, hey, if I make a mistake, and I love the fans, the fans were great. They'd be like, hey, that's a this. Then I'm like, ah, so that must be this guy. All right, thank you. 
Um, and then if I did screw up, because there was like two white uh, Nissans, and I think I screwed up uh, who was in the first one. So uh, the fans were a huge help correcting me. Once I get to the second round, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I got these guys. We got it. We got it. We're rolling now. So um, again, I'm not a uh, street car person. I, I like muscle cars and I like race cars. So if it's not like a, uh, you know, Dodge Challenger or something obvious, then there's a good chance I don't know what the hell it is. And when it comes to an SUV, they all look the goddamn same. So I couldn't tell what the hell was was what and trying to read the paper and figure things out and half the cars had numbers half of them did whatever it was fun it, it was it was a blast i definitely didn't screw the pooch as bad as i did last family fun night so um god the, the spectator races were awesome the truck race was phenomenal um so proud of taylor watson and becca monopoly those two female racers really showing the boys how to get it done right now i guess the uh, title of this episode is going to be girl power just for them um yeah it was awesome so glad we got it in Kudos to New Smyrna Speedway the last couple of weeks with the weather. Um, There's been so many years where they would just cancel because it looked like it might rain. And now we're getting rain and we're there and we're getting the shows done with the help of everybody else there, by the way, Um, helping draw the track. And the efforts are are astounding and it's been wonderful. I respect the tracks that take off for the summer for this exact reason, but um, I'm glad we're able to get some races in when we can. So looking forward to this Saturday. Um, we do have, uh, in a couple of weeks, David Rogers Superlay models back in action for the Sunbell series. We, I, I know of at least three Superlay models coming already and probably, probably even four, uh, now that I think about it, but did hear Michael Atwell's coming. Of course, Brad May will be there. Um, also heard from Charlie Ayers that Jonathan Nee is expected to make his Superlay model debut. So we'll double check on that and get that story straightened away in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, then we have another family fun night to end August as the last weekend of August will be off for the Coke Zero 400. So speaking of NASCAR and NASCAR racing, uh, we're going to take our, sh- our first commercial break here. On the other side, we'll talk about everything that went down at Richmond and how the playoffs are coming to shape. So we'll be right back after these messages. I'm going to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including... American Auto Tires in Service, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for a deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. 
make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about six o'clock each day, and you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386 320 0267. And they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank our good buddy, Mr. Andy Morrison with Never Give Up. Andy's always at the New Smyrna Speedway supporting our racers and even supporting the little ones over at the Little New Smyrna Speedway for the quarter midget racing. You can typically find Andy Friday and Saturday at the New Smyrna Speedway. He has some great items for sale, and sometimes he gives those items away. He's got all kinds of great things for his um, for his company, Never Give Up. He's got plaques, he's got hats, he's got stickers. I know a lot of the bomber guys run the Never Give Up sticker on their car. And, and really, I think everybody could could use that message these days. Never give up, keep doing you, and keep supporting what you love, just like Andy does. And we appreciate his support here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank Hank Baker for coming on board as a supporter here with the show. Um, he'll be on for the next, uh, next handful of episodes, and we really appreciate him. Really great guy. Uh, we miss him in the pit area this year, but uh, if you see Hank, talk with him. He's, he's got some uh, some great racing knowledge, and it's always a pleasure to be around. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 EMOD slash AMOD, has been one of the dominant forces so if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bull Ring at Auburdale and the big track over at the New Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. We appreciate everybody's support. And again, if you'd like to come on board as an anchor sponsor, um, you can do that. If you'd like to just be a supporter like our friends Hank and, and Ken, Doug, Fast Cracker Racing, Andy, you name it. Uh, you can do that too. We charge just $5 an episode. The amount of episodes is up to you. You can do a year. You can do 10 episodes. You can do one. It all helps, and we appreciate it greatly. Thank you guys for your support, and we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about NASCAR this weekend. All three of the top series were in action. I'll tell you, it was a, all, all around, it was a good week in a racing for, for NASCAR. Uh, truck series race was kind of a cat and mouse game. Uh, with pit stops between Ty Majeski, who had easily the fastest truck, but strategy bit him as Carson Hosovar was able to chase him down on fresher tires towards the end and get his third win of the season. Majeski's in the playoffs, but without a win, <clears throat> he definitely would have enjoyed those playoff points if he could have hung on and won it. So I know that's one that he's going to feel like he let get away. As uh, I feel like Ty Majeski has more of those moments than he does triumphs, but 
that's the way racing goes, man. These when you get up in the trucks, the Xfinity Cup, you got to take every opportunity you can because these races are not easy to win. And if you think they are, go try it for yourself. Uh, so the truck race is pretty good. It, again, that race was all about pit cycles and strategy. And then we got uh, the Xfinity Series over at Road America, which honestly, I didn't even think we we're doing anything at Road American anymore. But I'm glad the Xfinity Series is there. They put on a hell of a show. Uh, I'll tell you the last couple laps of that Xfinity race, uh, I was watching it uh, Saturday night when I got home. Instead of going to bed like I should have because I had quarter midgets in the morning, I stayed up in quickly in about an hour, fast-forwarded through slash watched the Xfinity race, got to the end there. Uh, first of all, some hard hits. Chandler Smith KO'd the wall when he blew a brake rotor, and then uh, somebody else just obliterated the wall. I want to say it was Andy Lally or someone like that. Um, just... KO'd the wall later in the race, too, with brake failures. So kind of a crazy race for sure. But the last couple laps had me with my jaw agape as I'm watching this in bed at 2 in the morning. Um, Justin Allgaier dominated the race, won the first couple of stages, and then spun out with a lap or two to go. And that opened the door for Sage Karam in the 24 to maybe get the win. Then he got all excited. He ran off the track. Then it looked like maybe Parker Kligerman was going to get the win and perhaps punch his ticket into the playoffs. And then Sam Mayer, who's the driver that's had some eyeballs on him lately about, hey, it's time for this guy to do something. He went out there and did the thing. He got the win, first career win at the road course at Road America. I mean, if you didn't see the Xfinity race, go back and watch. Just go watch the highlights. Watch the last couple laps. It was really good NASCAR road course racing. Really fun stuff. Definitely worth staying up late and exhausting myself before I announced the quarter midget races and shout out to the quarter midget kids. Hell of a show. Oh, by the way, Blake Clouser, our super stock winner, was flagging. So both of us, I went over and chatted with Blake for a while. The practice was still going on. And I'm like, hey, are you as tired as I am? And he goes, no, I'm still excited from the win the other night. So I ought to be young again. But anyways, um, after going to a concert Friday night, remembering that I'm almost 35, uh, announcing the races Saturday, then a turnaround right back out there uh, for quarter midget racing on Sunday morning. Let's just say come Sunday night when I got to sit down and watch the cup race, I was exhausted. And I'm not going to lie, trying to follow the cup race and who was on what strategy was even more exhausting because this Richmond race was so weird, but it was not boring. Like Richmond is not a crash and smash them up racetrack anymore. It is all about handling strategy and pit stops. If you made a mistake during a pit stop today, you were absolutely doomed. And we saw two drivers that I thought maybe could have won the race have issues pitting and gave the race away. So let's get into it and talk about what went down here. First stage was all Tyler Reddick. I think he led every single lap of the first stage. First stage was short. It was 70 laps, so they didn't even have to pit. So there really wasn't any mixing up there. Tyler Reddick actually led the first 78 laps of the race before things got uh, things got more interesting in stage two. Is the pit? It was a longer stage two, so the pit strategies uh, started to develop. In stage two, we saw Bubba Wallace kind of look competitive for a while. Looked like maybe Bubba could get the win, and then, like I mentioned, if you had problems on a pit stop, you were doomed. Uh, midway through the race, Bubba comes in, they drop the jack and. Instead of like a 9 or 10 second pit stop, it was about a 15, 16 second pit stop and Bubba lost all that track position and 
I mean, ran well all day, scored stage points, but ultimately finished in 12th and just kind of kind of killed himself there on pit road. The other driver that killed themselves on pit road, and like I said, pit road was the story. Uh, the other driver that killed themselves was Brad Kozlowski. Brad led a good portion of the race, um, and then he came into pit, and he about missed his pit stop and and came in all sideways, all cattywampus through the crew off, and he had a long stop, and he was never able to fully recover. He had a good car. He and his teammate Chris Busher definitely had good cars, so Brad was able to recover and finish in the sixth position, but uh, led 102 laps, led the most laps of anybody, won a stage, but perhaps squandered a victory, that long-awaited victory since he's left Penske, um, but all was not lost for RFK. Of course, Chris Busher had a pretty darn good race car as well, and he led a good chunk of the race. And they had the pit strategy worked out to where it looked like they were just going to run the race out because there was no crashing going on and everything was falling into place where Chris Busher was going to win. Denny Hamlin was trying to get there, um, but wasn't going to have enough time to catch him. So lo and behold, just when you think, well, absolutely nothing is going to happen in this race, on lap 392 of 400, Noah Gregson overcooks the corner and just flat out gets into the 99 of Daniel Suarez. Around he goes. The only natural caution of the day with eight laps to go. And I remember, and again, I'm exhausted. I'm basically like melted into the couch at this point trying to figure out, you know, I think at, at this point in the race, I'm like, all right, Chris Busher's going to win. This is cool. So give us a new winner. Um, it's not going to change much with the playoffs, but, you know, the race is, been interesting because of pit strategy um it's just been a race that happened but i'm thinking okay this is cool then the caution comes out and i'm just like oh here we go chris busher's gonna have it you know quote unquote taken away from him obviously um excuse me drivers came into pit chris busher gets back out first we have a restart and I loved the confidence over the radio for chris busher they they checked him with him i can't remember exactly what he said but something like Oh, this car's been so good all day, I'm not even worried about it. And when you feel that way, that's when you know you're going to win the race. And got a great restart with just a couple laps to go. And Denny Hamlin kind of spun the tires and overcooked the entry of turn one with two laps to go. And Chris Busher sets sail, picks up his third career win, first of the season, going to lock himself into the playoffs for the second time. Remember his win last year at Bristol came in the playoffs, but he was not playoff eligible because he didn't want to race during the regular season. And now he has, even though he's been safe in the playoff grid for the last, let's say, month or so, six six weeks or so, getting the win now means if we go on a crazy run here these last four weeks, he doesn't have to worry about it. So Chris Busher gets the win, locked in. Another win for RFK, who's been knocking on the door since that Bristol win last year. And they have shown themselves to be a contending team. So a uh, great effort by Chris Busher. I mean, the race, just like I said, only the one, other than the stages, only the one caution, but the the pit strategy and beating yourself on pit road being the story kept this thing interesting enough to where I wasn't bored with it, but also like, I'm not going to go back years from now and try to watch this race again. You know what I mean? So not terrible, not the best. Um, but again, a new winner, uh, 12 playoff eligible winners. So we still have four drivers in the playoffs on points. Those drivers are Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace, and Michael McDowell still hanging on to the final spot. He's up uh, 18 or so points on Ty Gibbs, who had a good day, 
AJ Allmendinger, he went to run the race at Road America on Saturday instead of practicing qualifying the cup car. He struggled, lost points. Daniel Suarez spun out late. He lost points. Alex Bowman still back there in about, you know, about 40-some-odd points behind. But Chase Elliott, he's creeping in the picture. A lot of people are wondering if he goes on a run here, if he gets hot this last month before the playoffs, if he can point his way in and maybe steal that 16th seed. I think he de- you know, I think he could win at, say, Watkins Glen or the Indy Road Course and maybe Daytona to get himself in and we can end that narrative. But 40 points is not impossible. But, again, got to have a lot of things break your way and you got to outrun those other competitors, which he has been doing lately. So I think the playoff race the next month is going to be pretty incredible. Obviously, a winner outside of the top 16 in points will mix things up. So let's say that uh, A.J. Elmendinger wins the Indy Road Course. He's going to move into the playoffs out of bump McDowell out. If Elliott wins at Watkins Glen, that's going to bump Bubba Wallace out. So, And then who knows who's going to win and who could win at Daytona. So I don't think anybody, any of those four drivers that are in, I think Harvick is safe. I, I think he's the only one that's really safe. I think Brad Kozlowski's feeling good. But Wallace and McDowell, with four races to go for the playoffs, need to win to be safe, in my opinion. So um, got a lot to... Uh, excuse me, got a lot to look at here the next couple of weeks to really keep the NASCAR stuff intriguing. But let me give you the scores. Um, Kenny's been reminding me the last couple of weeks, but I did not forget tonight. So I did score this thing. Uh, I will tell you, overall, not a bad score for Richmond. I gave the racing a five. Um, could have been better, could have been worse, but with a lot of comers and goers, it kept it interesting. So I give the racing right down the middle a five. Excitement, I got a six. Uh, Chris Buescher being up there was cool. Brad Koslowski up there was cool. Uh, the dash at the end was pretty exciting, and therefore I gave the finish. I gave a excitement rating a six and the finish a seven. Lead changes, I got 18 on our short track um, scale, where 20-plus is a 10. Uh, it actually scored a nine, so a lot of lead changes. Again, a lot of green flag pit stops. That It wasn't like people just passing each other on the track, but the pit stops did escalate the amount of lead changes quite a bit but it scores a nine and that's you know that's lead changes for you enjoyment it's seven i mean didn't hate this race but definitely excited for chris busher it was kind of refreshing to see him get the win so overall a 6.8 on richmond two and that gives us a 6.65 with all the race scores combined so far this year next weekend we are on to michigan i feel like and in each week, as we go forward, I'm going to give you the driver I think is going to win, and I'm going to give you the driver who hasn't won yet this year that I think has the best chance to win. So my pick for Michigan, I was way off with Kyle Larson last week. So, I mean, really, it could be anybody. Um, my pick for Michigan is, believe it or not, going to be Joey Logano. I just have a feeling that Joey's going to break through. I don't know what it is about Michigan and Joey Logano, but I just feel like I can't count him out. And the guy who hasn't won this year that I think can win is Bubba Wallace. Um, that They seem to have speed. They just can't ever seem to put the damn races together. But if you remember back to Michigan a year ago, he led quite a bit and got out-dueled by Kevin Harvick. So, Ryan, why don't you pick Kevin Harvick as your driver 
who's hasn't won yet because I don't think it's going to be Kevin Harvick. That's why I think it's going to be Bubba as far as drivers who haven't won that have the best shot to win. And I could be completely wrong. Maybe Harvick goes out and dominates the thing and I'm wrong, but that's just what I think. That's why I have a podcast and tell you what I think every week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be anyone's race. We'll see what's going to happen. Michigan, to me, Michigan is always hit or miss, but as of late, it's been more interesting than it has in the past. Uh, by the way, before we take our break, here's our top 10 from Richmond. Chris Buescher, the winner. Denny Hamlin, second. Kyle Busch with a good run in third. Joey Logano out of nowhere to finish fourth. Ryan Priest with his best run in first top five of the season in fifth. Brad Keselowski recovered from the pit stop to finish sixth. Then it was Martin Truex Jr., Eric Almarola, Austin Dillon with the top 10, and Kevin Harvick rounding out your top 10 from Richmond. So with that said, we will take our final commercial break. We'll come back on the other side. I'll give you some updated power rankings. We'll take a look at what's been going on at Thunder Road the last couple of weekends since we don't really have around the state during the summer. And then we have fantasy before we let you go. So stick around. I'm going to pay some bills real quick. Support our sponsors if you can. If you want to become a sponsor, let me know. We'll get you on board. And uh, stay tuned for the third and final segment. Hey, everyone. We want to take a few moments here to thank some of our great sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast, including our good friends over at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, Get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication. That's our good buddy, Ron D'Alessandro. Uh, had a great run in the 602 class a couple of weeks ago. And uh, 
We really appreciate him being on board, of course, uh, just like it says, welding and fabrication. That's what he specializes in. If you need anything welded up, get with Ron. If you uh, need something fabbed, get with Ron as well. He will help you out. You can also check out his Etsy store because he makes all kinds of great metalworking, uh, which make great decorations. We have the Racing with Ryan podcast logo and emblem here in the studio. Looking at it as we record right now, it makes a... You know, it'll complement any room, anything you're looking for. He can do custom stuff, but you can also check him out on Etsy. If you look, go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up. You can check out the great products he has available, or you can reach out, contact him for anything specific. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fab. Check them out on Etsy. We also have a a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors. And then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. And Doug Samian from Do All Lawn and Tree. Um, that's his company, but he just, uh, he appreciates the show and appreciates what we do. So we appreciate him. So thank you to all of our great anchor sponsors and our supporters here with the Racing with Ryan podcast. Now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment. We'll make this one quick for you. Again, if you've made it to this point in the show, give me a holler with the number, let's go, zero for the winner of the Governor's Cup over in Vermont. Uh, Shoot me a text or a message on Facebook with the number zero. First one to do so. Got a prize for you this weekend if you've made it this far in the show. Uh, We're going to start with NASCAR Power Rankings. I'm going to be honest with you. I looked at the Florida Power Rankings. Didn't change a thing. So I still got Cody Stickler at the top of the board. Nothing changed there. Uh, no movement. So go back and listen to last week's show. Um, I just, based on what ran last week, um, definitely drivers trending upward that could make the list here if they ran a little bit more. Back at Monopoly, Taylor Watson. Trucks are just like so hit or miss on when they run that it's tough. Um, and they were the main event. Uh, Blake Clouser still doing well. George Speeder's still doing well. Brandon Gaither's still doing well. I'm um, Dustin Higdon trending upwards again, so uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I did redo the NASCAR Power Rankings as we have completed Richmond and we head into Michigan here. Um, new driver moving into 15th. Michael McDowell has moved out. They killed themselves with the strategy. They lost incredible ground. I think Ty Gibbs is hot right now um, to try to point himself into these playoffs if we don't get a bunch of new winners here. So I've got him 15th on the grid. Ross Chastain has now slid from 11th to 14th. Nashville, that's the only place where he's been hot. Everything else, he's been super cold, and I just can't figure it out. This has not been the summer of Ross. So he's 14th now. Kevin Harvick remains 13th. Um, Solid night at Richmond. I feel like he could contend at Michigan, but damn, got to start seeing some more out of Harvick. Tyler Reddick remains 12th. Ran well. He, he led for a while, but he screwed himself on pit road, so he's 12th. Christopher Bell drops five spots to 11th from 6th. I'm just not impressed with what Christopher Bell has going on right now, so he drops big time for me here. Ryan Blaney going to round out the top 10. He drops two spots from 8th. Um, just another ho-hum event for Ryan Blaney, I guess. So he's rounded out the top 10, though. If you're in the top 10 in NASCAR, you're doing something good. Bubba Wallace, our big pickup from this week. Yeah, he didn't have the finish. He's got the speed. His pit crew continues to be his Achilles heel. But 
from what I saw from him and his short track prowess here, uh, up five to ninth going into Michigan where he finished second last year. That's the reason for the big jump. Because remember, I think ahead of the next week when I'm ranking these guys too. So we're, we use last week, the season, and then what's coming up to kind of slate these guys. Brad Kozlowski moves up one spot to eighth. Chris Busher, his teammate, moves up three spots to seventh. And then we get to the top six. And I feel like these have been the top six drivers of the season, no matter how you strike the match. You might have your own order for this, and that is completely fine because this was the hard part. William Byron, a dismal showing at Richmond. All the Chevys were pretty bad. He drops from second to six. This is the lowest William's been. He's, other than the win at Atlanta, he's been pretty cool the last month or so. Kyle Larson. I think I picked him to win on the hot mic show before my daughter locked me out. And I think, uh, yeah, Larson struggled as well. He moves down two spots. He's now fifth. Kyle Busch hung around all day, finished third. Wasn't really a contender, but eked out a good finish. He moves up one spot to fourth. Joey Logano, same thing with him. I don't know where the hell he came from at the end. He had a great finish. He moves up to third. Like I said, I like Logano for Michigan this weekend. Danny Hamlin, I had him seventh in the rankings last week, and I'm questioning myself. Um... He had a good car. He's had one of the best cars the last month. Uh, definitely trending upwards for Denny. He moves from seventh to second. So definitely the uh, the biggest gain or the most uh, crucial gain for Hamlin up to second. And Martin Truex remains first on the power ranking list. So Martin Truex continues to have a good season. And he was seventh this week, so not like the best race that he's had, but just continues to remain solid. He's pretty good at Michigan too. It wouldn't surprise him to see Toyotas up near the front and Fords, well, the good Fords up there contending in the top 10 as well. So again, we'll see what happens. We'll talk all about what does happen and see how wrong we were on next week's show. So let me hop on over. Let me pull up the old interwebs here. Pull up over to Thunder Road International Speed Bowl. Uh, definitely forgot to talk about these guys on last week's show. We just got rolling with stuff and kind of forgot, but they ran two races, one on Thursday and one on Sunday, and I finally, yesterday, late at night, got caught up with these events. The first event on Thursday, which I was not able to, to watch live, was the rescheduled Governor's Cup from all the bad weather that they had. And I think the weather and the reschedule kind of hurt the field a little bit. Only 22 drivers for the Governor's Cup this year. And I say only. I mean, that's a lot of tracks to beg to have 20 late models these days. But... um Last year when we went, I think they had about 30, 28 or 30. So definitely down a little bit. But there's big, there was a big ACT race this weekend. I think the reschedule kind of hurt the car count. But the racing was great. Um, Marcel Gravel led for a while. Nick Sweet was up there. Um, when it all came down to it, veteran racer Scott Dragon in the zero. Remember, that's the, the key number this week if you want to text it to me. Scott Dragon got the win in the Governor's Cup ahead of Marcel Gravel. Jason Corliss, who won last year's Governor's Cup when we were up there, only finished third, wasn't as competitive this year, but he doesn't run Thunder Road weekly anymore, just runs ACT and then the bigger races at the road. Nick Sweet, fourth, making uh, gains in the point standings. Chip Grenier, he had a good night. It's good to see Chip up there running well. He led some laps early in this thing. He faded to fit there at the end. Chris Pelkey, Bobby Therian, Caden Fisher, Brandon Lamphere and Brandon Moody, the top 10 in the Governor's Cup. In the Flying Tigers, the support division, uh, Kevin Streeter got the win over Cameron Ouellette, Adam Menard, Mike McCaskill, and Robert Gordon. And they had a field of 22, by the way. RK Miles Street Stocks 
had a field of 33. 33 cars on a quarter mile. And they wrecked some things, but it wasn't a wreck fest to say the least. And Logan Farrell, rookie driver, got his first career win over Derek Farnham, Tyler Whittemore, Scott Weston, and old Jimmy Dopp, James Dopp, running out the top five. And then in the Road Warriors, there's old tetanus Neil Foster getting the win ahead of Tyler Wheatley and Jason Kirby. Really good warrior race. They had 19 warriors. So car counts, despite all the tragedy in Vermont, the, the bad weather and the crazy rescheduling of the season where they're racing like every four days now, great turnout and pretty good racing there for the Governor's Cup. Most recent event was the rescheduled, again with the reschedules, rescheduled uh, holiday Fireworks Spectacular 4th of July special moved to the end of the month here. But, hey, there's never a bad time to celebrate America. doesn't always just have to be on the 4th. Uh, 20 late models in attendance. Great race here. Nick Sweet able to come out of nowhere and win again. Uh, he is trending upwards in the point standings here. Uh, he was able to hold off Marcel Gravel and Stephen Donahue. Caden Fisher was 4th. And uh, Cody Schoolcraft out of Claremont, New Hampshire. His first season running at Thunder Road. Picked up his first career top five so good race there for the late models the flying tigers were in action 24 of these guys big big wreck in this one middle of the race mike mccaskill came off four classic Widowmaker action just pancaked the wall knocked his car up on two wheels back in the day when a car would hit the wall like that the wall it went straight into the pit opening it didn't have that curvature that it has to it in turn one now so the cars used to bounce off the wall, and when they would break, they would just go straight and go head-on into the wall that separates um, the, the pit tower from the racetrack. They go into styrofoam, styrofoam blocks, but it was a straight-on crash. Now they've got that little bit of a curve to the wall before the pit entrance. So Mike bounced off the wall, car broke, went straight, clipped the end of the pit wall that sent him into the tire barriers in turn. Not the tire barriers in front of the tower now, but the f- tire barriers that block you from the blunt opening of the turn one wall now at the pit opening. So it was a scary crash. Ambulance on the scene immediately. Uh, Mike was able to get out of the car. Looked a little shaken up. Hard, hard hit. Uh, definitely one of the scarier rides we've seen at Thunder Road this year. But classic Widowmaker getting in the way and knocking you down. But it would be Colin Cornell picking up the win in car number 54. Had a camo let. Tyler Pepin, the rookie, got third. Mike Bildu, Logan Powers, Cooper French, Luke Peters, Adam Menard, Robert Gordon, Kyle Streeter, the top 10 there. RK Miles Street Stocks back at it with 32 cars in attendance this week. They continue to a couple of the regulars, Josh Lovely and Logan Farrell, had to have substitute drivers as they were not able to make it to this rescheduled race. So um, definitely love that Thunder Road allows you to substitute for a driver. Like, hey, you know, if you got a buddy who's not really running for points or not running well, have them drive in your place for one event. Now, you can't just say, oh, I'm driving for, um, you know, Brad May this week and he's going to get all the points. Um, in my opinion, it should be they got to drive your car, but they can score points for you in one event to keep you in the point standings because close point standings makes for more drama and better storylines, in my opinion. I've been trying to preach that for years down here, and nobody seems to like to race for points around here. But whatever. On to these, uh, the Road Warriors. Final event of the night. Oh, boy. We had a lot of... Uh, ooh, we had some disqualifications in this one, so things got interesting. The apparent winner of the event was Casey Murphy, but he was disqualified for illegal suspension components 
And then Jacob Hall Larson was disqualified for conduct after the checkers. So there was fireworks on the track when the, uh, when the race was over. So it would actually be Corey Martin getting the win ahead of Tater, Nate Bryan, and Neil Foster, the top three. So, well, it was way different looking at the results than what I saw on the TV. But, hey, there it is. Good night of racing at Thunder Road. Glad they're back at it. And they've got tons of racing. They've got their regular Thursday night program coming up Thursday, which is always a good time. And then they have the Enduro, which I'm sure they'll start close to 100 cars on that quarter-mile track, and that is just insane, utter chaos, especially with the walls now keeping everybody on the track. So it's going to be wild. Um, Coverage of the Enduro last year was kind of whack from Flow Racing, but that team has vastly improved. I remember all last year complaining about how bad they were. It's like they had never watched a race before, but they've stepped it up, and I have zero complaints from the Flow Racing broadcast this year. That's why I've been able to keep up with this stuff and really enjoy it. Again, Thursday nights, if you're sitting around, I know there's SRX, um, which has been fine. You know, it's fun. I don't take it all that seriously. I just kind of turn it on and watch. Could care less who wins. Um, glad they suspended Paul Tracy because he's a hack. But, uh, yeah, turn on Flow Racing if you have it. Uh, definitely found it's, it's worth the... Uh, I, I've got a free ride on it this year, but I'll definitely be getting my own for it next year because it's it's worth having just for thunder road alone and anything else you can watch on there so yeah that's our little uh impromptu around the state since showtime didn't get to race unfortunately they rained out i uh, got a lot of rain overnight and had to rain out so gonna go check on the fantasy standings from this week pop into the racing with ryan fantasy league let's see who did well this weekend at richmond Big Tempin Motorsports. Timmy. Timmy Walters won it this week with 233 points. John Gross, that darn pesky John Gross, finished second with 229. Bob's Fords, all the, all the guys I'm racing against beat me this week, damn it. Bob's Fords, uh, 225. In third, fourth was Steve Darling at 215. Eight Ball Racing was fifth. Richie Petty, sixth. Staffordshire Motorsports, seventh. King Penguin, Pit Penguin. And then, oh, I did terrible. I was 10th this week with 127 points. I lost over 100 points to the leader. Um, And here's the thing. You want to know how I picked my team this week? I looked at all the short track races that have happened this year. I combined everybody's total points, and I picked the top five that have gotten the most points this year and picked them for my team. And ultimately, that backfired. Um, I tried to use statistics and do some research and thinking, oh, man, I've got a great strategy for this weekend. This is just pick people and go because you can't predict nothing. Even when you have data laid out in front of you, what you should do, it's wrong. Ugh. So let me go back to the league here and look at the overall standings. How, oh my goodness, I'm sixth now. This is some crap. I want to win the thing from 124 Welding and Fab, and I'm not going to. Damn it. Yeah, big thank you to 124 Welding and Fabrication for sponsoring the fantasy segment. By the way, they're going to provide our winner's trophy for the year. And right now, that would go to John Gross at 4,125. Second in points, Bob's Forge at 3,981. So Bob is close. Just he cannot have a night like I did at Richmond. So I need to step up my game here for Michigan. Richie Petty Jr., third in points, now creeping up the standings. Steve Darling, fourth. Staffordshire Motorsports, fifth. Again, I dropped down to sixth. I mean, that was a horrible weekend for me. Big Tempin is up to seventh. Eighth for Pitt Penguin. Ninth for Eight Ball and King Penguin. Rounding out. The top 10 in a league that's been a lot of fun this year. And again, that's why we have the uh, 
That's why we have the championship trophy that at this point doesn't look like it'll be hanging on my wall next to my Racing with Ryan one from 124 Welding and Fab. So big thank you to Ron being willing to do that and uh, kind of our way to say thank you for a very competitive league. And don't forget, we will be doing the playoff challenge bracket. Um, we'll have a little $5 buy-in on that, try to build up a pot to give away some money. Have a little bit of fun with the playoffs too for those that aren't in on the regular season championship. Uh, before we go... Let's pick our five fantasy drivers that you should consider. And I say consider because God only knows. If you can, if it's going to be my team, I'll finish with like 90 points again and be screwed. But drivers that think you got to consider this weekend include Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Bubba Wallace. So there's three really, really good ones for Michigan. Um, got to give you two others here. Uh Man, Denny Hamlin's been so good lately. I think you got to take a look at him. Uh, and Martin Truex, I think you put those five drivers in your lineup or some iteration of those drivers in your lineup, and you're probably going to be okay, you know. Uh, they, uh, God, who knows? Uh, I don't know that I'm the best. After last week, I'm, I'm depressed now. Like, I didn't realize how terrible. I knew I didn't do great, but damn, I didn't realize I did that bad. I'm sad now. Screw to hell with fantasy. I'm I'm done with this show. Uh, oh, I guess I got to give you a wild card because, you know, if you made it this far, you deserve to have the content you came here for. Um, the wild card driver for this weekend, guys, got to go Chase Elliott. Going to go Chase. I think he's determined to get in the playoffs. Um, putting him as the wild card because I don't trust him right now, but I feel like this could be the month of Chase trying to get in. It's going to make it very interesting to watch. So, again, we'll be back next week. With a full show, hopefully we'll have Kenny back and we'll reschedule with Rick. This was a, a perfect weekend to have Rick in here uh, with his crazy work schedule. But with Kenny getting sick and those guys living together, it just uh, um, unfortunately was not meant to be this week. But we'll get those guys back on the show. Hopefully Kenny will be back next week and we can get Rick in here sometime. Um, love to talk to Rick about his racing career and, and now... Uh, him watching his son with all these wins, uh, a lot of good things to talk about. So we'll catch up with Rick and Skinny here, hopefully uh, on the next uh, episode, at least Kenny next week, and then we'll get Rick on another time. And um, yeah, we'll talk about uh, Michigan. We'll talk about the Mod Mini Race, whatever other things need to be talked about on next week's episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. Again, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Um, you guys are great. I love all the responses and the um, feedback we've been getting lately. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, see, when I when I have a co-host, I can, you know, uh, I don't get dry throat because I don't have to talk for an hour and a half by myself. But anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening and, and interacting and engaging with the show. It makes me uh, want to continue to do this for you. So until next week, y'all take care. Get out to your local racetracks. And we'll be back next week for plenty more racing talk on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Take care, y'all.